You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. Again, if you are heading into work or just about to move on to your day, can't listen to the entire show uh, during when it's broadcast here on WDET, you can subscribe to the Detroit Today podcast on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. You download and subscribe, and then you can listen to it anytime you like. The civil war in Syria is six years old, and there's really no end in sight to it. Last week brought three watershed moments in the conflict. The first was the Trump administration's statement that removing Bashar al-Assad as leader in Syria is no longer a priority. Then the Syrian military launched a deadly chemical attack that killed dozens of civilians, including women and children. Most of us have seen the photos of the result of that attack. Then President Trump launched the United States' first military strike against the Syrian government. Today, the United States is meeting with the G7 in Italy and is now trying to put pressure on Russia to distance itself from Assad. The question is, what will this all mean for the conflict in Syria? What will it mean for U.S. foreign policy? What will it mean for the new administration in the White House? And what will it mean for the balance of world power? We're going to spend the rest of the show today talking about this subject. Uh, we, we did not get to it last week because Friday was opening day, but uh, now we are back uh, and want to want to focus in pretty intently on this question of the Syrian conflict, the involvement of the Russians, the involvement of the United States, and where the Trump administration will guide us through this. And joining me for that conversation is Aaron Radish. He's a history professor at Wayne State University with a specialization in Soviet and Russian history. Aaron, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Also, Dr. Muhammad Hamami, who is director of the Wayne County Department of Health, Veterans, and Community Wellness. Uh, Dr. Hamami, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Good to be here. Absolutely. Uh, Aaron, I want to start with you. Uh, this was this was the most aggressive uh, action taken by the United States in response to what is going on in Syria. There has been a lot of talk. There have been some threats. There was the line in the sand that uh, President Obama drew. Then Congress told him, eh, we don't want to we don't want to get involved. President Trump just unilaterally last week escalated this and says, this is how I want to deal with this question. Uh, Just update us now then on where we are with this whole question. What is, what's our involvement in Syria at this point, given that we have involved ourselves and what are the implications of that? So uh, there are two different approaches that you could take. One is that this is the beginning of uh, an American, a a complete U-turn in American foreign policy that uh, they're now going to be much more aggressive to try to get out uh, Assad uh, from Syria, that this is the first, as, as uh, Nikki, Nikki Haley has said, that this could be the first of several actions. Uh, and they've really called on Russia to pull back from its support, its long support of Assad and the Syrian government. Uh, Russia, uh, for its part, is um, and Iran, to a lesser extent, is saying that Uh, The United States has no evidence, no proof that uh, this was a chemical attack by Syria, uh, that it could have been another um, unbelievable uh, way that that uh, that the chemicals could have been released. 
and that uh, the United States had attacked a sovereign nation. Again, something that the, that Russia has very little credibility of saying uh, based on its actions in Ukraine. Um, and for the first time, Russia has uh, kind of turned away from the Trump administration. Uh, they've really gone after American aggression in the Middle East and, and in Syria. So this could be uh, a complete um, rejiggering of American foreign policy in Syria. That, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the other the other way of approaching it is that this is a one-off, that Trump, that, that bombing an airfield is basically one step further than doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, if, if it is a one-off, then does the effect of it uh, ha- change the, the, the balance of the concerns that we have in, in Syria? In other words, our, our primary concern at this point is the ability of the Assad regime to, to inflict misery on the population there, these different factions who are, who are pushing back against it. Did we, did we send enough of a message uh, to, to prevent him from doing that? Uh, that's a great question. Militarily, we did, I think, basically nothing. Uh, politically is, is the bigger question. You know, Assad is still able to attack the, its, his, uh, his civilians and to go after the rebels. Uh, Russia is, for now, said that they are committed to Assad, uh, and it's going to be it's going to be the larger question about about the larger political fallout. Can the United States get the rest of the West uh, to support them, and more importantly, can they get Russia to back off its support of Assad? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Hamami, you uh, are of Syrian descent, I believe, uh, and uh, someone who's who pays a lot of attention to what what goes on here. I, I'd love to get your reactions to what the president did and what effect you think it will have on the six-year civil war in that country. Yes, sure. I'm yes, I'm originally from the uh, town of Aleppo where I guess it is now famous for where most of the uh, hostilities and the fightings have been going on for for quite some time. Uh-huh. I still have family over there. My parents are still living there. So you're absolutely correct. I I am uh, like everybody else watching the news and and trying to understand what's going on. Um I think the key is that uh, this has been happening for 6 years already and um death is death regardless of how it happens. So there has been children that have been dying by conventional weapons beside the chemical weapons and sure. just to react for it happening now just because it's chemical versus barrels or rockets or, or whatever is is kind of puzzling for us the the syrian americans that have been watching uh, no action if, if we want to call it that um, but regardless i think no one wants to see a uh, more complications or more hostilities and more casualties but I'm not sure whether what happened uh, is going to be a deterrent. As your guest said, this is a, a one strike that within 24 hours that airport has been fixed and they are still uh, able to fly and, and go and continue the hostilities. What we would love to see is a more um, engagement on behalf of the U.S. towards some sort of a solution. We've always talked about maybe no-fly zones. I think uh, that would be 
something that would ensure uh, better monitoring of, of the airfields and, and how these things are happening. It would stop probably the blame game of who did what and, and who is doing what. And also, uh, from a humanitarian uh, part, of, as, as a physician and as someone who has been involved in many humanitarian uh, missions uh, over there, we know that uh, it is very dangerous for workers in the field. Uh, there is no safe passages for civilians and all that. And this is what been, uh, we've been advocating for the past six years, unfortunately, with no uh, success. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what you think of the U.S. sort of um, uh, approach to this, to this question. Uh, do, do you feel as if the U.S. is actually concerned about what happens to the Syrian people, or has it been more concerned about its own interests and figuring out how they play out there? I'm wondering if, if people in Syria see the U.S. as a potential ally in sort of helping them throw off the Assad regime. Um, I, I, that's a great question, which I'm not sure some, anyone can, can answer with certainty. There has been... Uh, mixed uh, messages that we have been seeing through the past administration. Uh, this new administration has been initially very uh, distant and, and a little bit soft. The the questions of the, the Russian involvement and the relationship with Russia were also a big question mark. Um, there has been, even during the Obama administration, a late response to everything that was happening. Uh, you mentioned the line in the sand or the red line, which has been crossed so many times with no real action. That left a little bit of a skepticism towards uh, within the, the American Syrian-American communities and also people in Syria. Of course, people in Syria at this point are so fed up and so... Um, uh, desperate and 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 they gave up on anything that they can expect from the international society it is it has been a, an extremely complicated situation on the ground where there are a lot of fractions that are fighting with each other that nobody knows exactly why they're fighting anymore sure. what started what started as a very simple a peaceful uh, need for a change and reform has now became a proxy war. And, and of course, whenever you have those, then there is all the conspiracy theories and why are the Russians in and why are the Chinese in, why are the Americans in, and it becomes more of special interest and all that, at least in the perception of of the uh, people that are living there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but personally, I, I think we are very late in in having any action, and unless there is a real international effort where also the U.S. is is trying to lead through the United Nations to to find a concrete solution, then we're probably going to witness this to happening for for quite some time. Yeah, I, I, I want to also get you to talk some about the refugee situation in. Syria, which is playing out not just in terms of policy here in the United States, but also all across Europe, where many of those refugees uh, are, are are going. I, I said in the open uh, and in the in the preview for this segment that that I think there's a potential conflict to be seen between the U.S. policy on refugees and this military action. If we are so concerned, for instance, about uh, the brutality of the Assad regime against. Uh, the people of that country, why have we taken this hard stance 
uh, on accepting refugees from this this region. Uh, the president himself has painted those refugees as potential terrorists, uh, something for which there is no evidence or history. Uh, and now he wants us to rally behind him in the idea that, well, we have to take military action in order to spare these people this this brutality. Uh, from a Syrian point of view, does that make a lot of sense? Uh, it, it absolutely uh, does not make any any sense when we talk about the safety and, and uh, helping the children and families when we are also putting restrictions on their movement and where they can go and how welcome they are to any uh, sort of a safe haven. Um, we, we are seeing a lot of the um, hardship that the refugees are experiencing in, in every place that uh, they are. We, uh, our, uh, I'm a member of the National Arab American Medical Association, and we have so far conducted at least 15 humanitarian missions to um, the uh, refugee camps in Jordan and, and to some degree in Lebanon and Turkey, and we see where they're living. We see also the uh, uh, hidden consequences that this is going to be a transgenerational thing, the trauma that those children have lived through, the the way they're coping with, with the stress and, and what they have witnessed is not only an immediate problem, but we are talking about something that the next generation of Syrians are going to suffer from, like in any situation when there are wars and atrocities that young children witness. But also we are seeing the refugees that were lucky enough to come here. And, and just uh, in my professional capacity as Wayne County's health officer, we are seeing them at the health department. And we are seeing the uh, enormity of, of things that they bring with them from a behavioral point, from a, a health point and all that. And when we say that we are not going to help them and, and they are danger to to uh, the national security and and they are not welcome here and yet we are not providing any alternative then again it is uh, it is quite uh, uh, ironic yeah uh, this is Detroit today on 1019 WDET I'm Stephen Henderson uh, my guests are Aaron Reddish he's a history professor at Wayne State University with a specialization in Soviet and Russian history also with us is Dr. Muhammad Hamami he is the director of the Wayne County Department of Health Veterans and Community Wellness also uh, a member of the National Arab American Medical Association. Uh, we're talking about the U.S., Russia, and Syria. What is going on between these three powers? A major change in the situation last week at the hands of President Donald Trump, who launched a missile strike against an airbase in Syria following the chemical attack uh, on Syrian citizens last week. Is this escalation the right move? Is this the right choice policy-wise in terms of changing the situation for people in Syria, in terms of changing the relationship between Syria and Russia? What do you think of the idea of yet another military involvement by the United States in this region? Uh, we are now at the sort of end of the longest-running U.S. war in history and both uh, Iraq and in Afghanistan. Uh, or have you had enough of that? Do you feel like uh, we shouldn't be involving ourselves as much as we have in these places because the outcomes maybe don't uh, comport with what we thought they would be when we got involved? Or are you all about this? Are you 
uh, relieved that finally the United States is taking a stronger position against people like Bashar al-Assad in Syria. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work your comments into the conversation. Uh, Zach on Twitter says he's a Clinton voter. He supports military action, but only with a strategy. No impulsive decisions. Impulsivity equals bad idea. I think a lot of people are also in that uh, category, people who might be inclined to support what the president is doing, waiting for him to come out and explain what the strategy is here long term, waiting for him to sort of uh, put more flesh to the bone of this uh, of this new kind of approach. Uh, so, Zach, thank you very much. Again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number to join that conversation. Frank in Lincoln Park, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, Stephen. Hey. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Oh, I love uh, that. <laughs> I'd uh, like to say that uh, uh, first of all, I've been on this earth for sixty years, and for sixty years. The Middle East has just been um, a mess. Uh, uh, I really have no idea what the answer is, um, except for that it seems to have to come internally from the people of the Middle East. And uh, uh, they've got to be the ones who decide enough is enough. Yeah. Uh, I believe that uh, Assad did uh, gas, uh, uh, use nerve agents against uh, his uh, own people. Uh, but I also believe that um, this action by America um, is great theater uh, and means absolutely nothing to the people of uh, Syria. Um, Russia needs about $100 a barrel uh, for oil to, make, uh, to pay its bills. Uh, I believe that a lot of this has to do with jacking up the price of oil uh, so that a lot of people make a lot of money. Does the president uh, benefit from actions like this? We don't know because he won't release his taxes. <laughs> but we do know that one of his good friends, Vladimir Putin, seems to benefit greatly by an increase in oil prices. Yeah, that's that's a, what I have, Stephen. Frank, that's, very a, much, that's a really, really interesting Perspective. Thank you very much for calling and and adding that to the conversation here, Aaron Reddish. I'll give you a chance to respond. I, I think there's no way to think about what's going on there without this this backdrop of sort of profound uh, complication and entanglement that this administration has sort of brought on itself. I mean, uh, the, the, there's no one else really responsible for that those those questions other than the president and the people around him. How ought we to make sense of what's happening now, given that other context? Right. So, uh, you know, the Trump administration is still entangled with Russia and the, the investigations by the Senate and the, uh, the House are still continuing. So, um, you know, even though there are these optics uh, and Tillerson and, and Haley have denounced Putin, although interestingly, Trump has not uh uh, after uh, the attacks, um, there's still this entanglement. Uh, so that said, 
uh, this is this key tension point where, um, you know, you could see this as a very short honeymoon between the United States and Russia, uh, and that Syria will be the breaking point for uh, Russian-U.S. Uh, relations. You know, both the Putin regime and the Trump regime had had a couple of very bad weeks, and um, the the uh, chemical attack and missile launch kind of changed both of those. So in Russia, uh, there was the, uh, the the terrorist bombing in St. Petersburg, which had followed um, a very large demonst- anti-corruption demonstration that had gone after the prime minister especially, uh, and that showed that Russia was very weak. And uh, the U.S. attack, the U.S. missile launch on Syria also showed, once again, that Russia was weak, which really hurts Putin domestically. I mean, there are some serious domestic politics here. He's losing popularity uh, down to something like 50 percent, something yeah. that Trump would would love. Uh, <laughs> and for Trump as well, that, you know, Trump had some, uh, some really bad weeks, not only with the failures with health care, but also the continuing cloud over over Russia. And this is a great way of changing that conversation and to show that he can actually uh, stand up to Putin. Yeah. Um, so it really does. If nothing, it. If nothing else, it complicates uh, the narrative. It complicates yeah. the story. It makes it more. It makes it more difficult, I think, for us to to make sense not just of Syria but also of this developing story right. about these Russian entanglements. Right. And the the other thing is that this happened while Trump was meeting with the Chinese leader. So it also shows the Chinese that the United States can uh, can actually be aggressive. And foreign policy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about Russia, the United States, and Syria, and we're going to kind of want to continue to hear from you. 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guests are Aaron Radish, a history professor at Wayne State University with a specialization in Soviet and Russian history. Also with us is Dr. Muhannad Hamami. He is the director of the Wayne County Department of Health, Veterans, and Community Wellness, a native of Aleppo, Syria. Uh, we're talking about the United States, Russia, and Syria in the wake of... Donald Trump's decision to launch a missile strike against a Syrian airfield in response to the chemical weapons attack that unfolded uh, recently there. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number that uh, you use to join the conversation. 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Let's go to Sam in Mount Clemens. Sam, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. Good. Um, I just wanted to say a couple things. Uh, this is what kind of worried me about the whole uh, Trump administration during the election, um, with him not having the political background, because mm-hmm. as we know, it's such a delicate balance, you know. So when he took the the, the stance on shutting the borders, and not letting the Syrians over. Um, and then we go bomb over there. I think, well, I know 
what is he going to do? Open the border for the Syrians, or we either that, or we have to set up refugee camps. You can't. It's a conundrum. You know, it's it's such a it's a crummy thing. If if he were to, I, I don't even know. About the whole thing bothers me. Um, and then the foreign relations, we have to take a stance one way or another. We're either not going to tolerate um, abuse like this or genocide, or you know, it's, it's, it's just scary. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hear a lot of people reflecting that same, that same feeling, Sam, that, that there has to be some way to respond when someone like Assad does what he's doing. Uh, at the same time, how does that fit into the, the, the sort of broader policy implications of sort of the humanitarian approach to Syria, to the policy imperative? I think I, 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 I like that uh, you're reflecting that that confusion in a in a pretty sophisticated way because I think that is really uh, typical of the way Americans are feeling about that. So Sam, thank you very much for the call. Right Can I uh, actually yeah, just go ahead, uh, make a, a one quick point to the last caller, and that's um, the idea of uh, <laughs> Trump as a humanitarian is kind of goes against uh, a lot of his campaign rhetoric. Uh, but also it really makes us question of how how uh, aggressive U.S. foreign action is going to be. Uh, on the other hand, um, a lot of um, pundits talking about uh, U.S. foreign relations, especially in terms of, of Russia, have argued that Trump's unpredictability will actually be an asset here because in over the last eight years, uh, the Obama administration was so predictable and so, as, as some critics would say, dithering that someone like Putin could basically uh, that their their trump card was acting recklessly or acting unpredictably um, to kind of throw the United States off. And that this is actually uh, one kind of new gain, one um, step forward for the U.S. foreign policy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Al in Detroit. Al, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, Stephen. Hi, and hi to your guests. Uh-huh. Um, my question and comment is this: How much of this is partisan? Because the Syrian war did not start yesterday; it's been going on for a while. And Obama tried to get participation from Congress and so forth, and no, and a bunch of Republicans, including our current, the current guy in the White House said no. And now all of a sudden all this happens and now there's this great empathy that's supposed to be had and all this patriotism. And it doesn't seem, it, it seems very false. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you, Al. There's, there's some contradiction there. Uh, Dr. Hamami, we were talking about that contradiction uh, and, and how it plays with people from Syria. Do, do, do you feel as if uh, the GOP might be manipulating this issue uh, to its own advantage in this country uh, as a way of getting more support for, you know, a troubled president uh, and, and is not particularly interested in, in Syria? Uh, I, I never claimed that I understood politics as as uh, much, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I guess your caller is right, and um, I, I guess it all depends on what happens next and how serious are we going to be in in truly addressing the real issue. As 
I, I think Aaron said that uh, we, we looked at uh, the campaign uh, slogans and rhetoric, and uh, specifically, I don't think it was a secret that most of the Syrian-American uh, community were in support of the Clinton administration because there was that willingness to do something. Uh, I know that many of our uh, uh, community members met with uh, uh, Hillary's campaign and 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 uh, with uh, her and, uh, staff, and we heard some promises of, of more involvement and and uh, engagement and uh, uh, specifically as it relates to the no-fly zone and and what uh, needs to be done. That that did not happen with the Trump campaign. So uh, now that there is this opportunity, I guess if there is a real and serious uh, wish to find a solution, then everyone is waiting to see what is next. I uh, know there are many Syrians that were, um, I, I would hate to, to use the word uh, pleased, but at least they were in support of the strike. But yeah. I guess uh, we're watching to see is it going to be beyond that? Is there going to be now a full engagement on right. behalf of the United States? And uh, as as what have been discussed, is it truly tactics between uh, to, to show that we're not really in bed with the Russians and we're going to handle it in a different way? This is what, what we're watching and what uh, we want to see what happens next. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Syrians, some Syrians being happy about uh, the, the, the strikes. I saw that uh, too. I, and I, and my, immediate, my immediate question was about uh, whether this changes the way they see the Trump administration. We've got about a, a minute left. Do you think that it that it engenders more support in that community? In a way, it does. And uh, again, what, what's going to happen next is going to be very crucial. Uh, there has been a lot of uh, Republican uh, senators and congressmen that, uh, and congresspeople that have been talking about, specifically uh, John McCain, that has been talking about a more aggressive uh, stand and a more uh, aggressive uh, role on behalf of the United States. And I know that our uh, community uh, have been in support of, of uh, Mr. McCain's uh, point of view. So uh, I think we are looking for any serious attempt to find a solution rather than to just um, use the situation for any uh, gain. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Aaron Radish, uh, Aaron Radish, uh, history professor at Wayne State University, specialization in Soviet and Russian history. Thank you for being here. Also, uh, and Dr. Mahuanad Hamami, Director of the Wayne County Department of Health, Veterans, and Community Wellness. Thank you very much for being here. It's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. We'll see you tomorrow.